0: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano.
1: 7.12 on Wisconsin's Morning News. i happy to settle a bet for Julie, who listens to the program and reached out via email to the station here about this clip that we often play. It's usually around 7.40. We play that typically before we interview president of business operations for the Milwaukee Brewers, Rick Schlesinger, whom I'm not sure if he thinks it's funny, but I don't care because I, do. <laughs> I
2: do. He hasn't said anything to us. right? Yeah, he hasn't told us we shouldn't play it. <laughs> There's been no suggestion. Right. Right, maybe you shouldn't play that. I know him well enough that if he really didn't like yeah, it, he'd, he'd be like, us. hey, man, um, yeah.
1: can we not? like?" But I, I I want him to love it. Rick! 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 All of the- Rick! What else is funny is, like, why is that? Why do we do that?
2: (laughs) The man's name is Rick. Because his name is Rick.
1: Yeah, so Julie wrote in, Hi, my brother and I are having a very heated discussion about who says Rick, 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 leading up to Mr. Schlesinger's broadcast. Please let me know so that I may take all my brother's money. Thank you. So I'm not even sure which side Julie was on, if she was on to it. But if you're playing along at home, do you know where that's from? It's from Saturday Night Live.
3: And get you a mug that says "Number One stepdad on it, and then on the back of it it says rick Rack, rick
1: rick rick <laughs> See, you like that last one, huh? Yes, yeah. I'm gonna put that one gotta, in for the next, absolutely. The next Slessie? Gotta get that one in the flow.
2: <laughs> rack, 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 Rack.
1: It's Amy Poehler's character. the The character's name is Caitlin, and Rick is her stepdad, as was indicated there. And Caitlin's always trying to do whatever. And I, I don't know how does that stuff get invented at SNL.
2: Oh, they just stay up really late at night and smoke a lot of cigarettes and pitch ideas and other and things. And be like, you know, would be <laughs> funny, right? Is this girl and then she's you know and then they flesh it out,
1: I suppose. But anyway, there it is, Julie. If you have it, uh, it's SNL, an old bit, but makes us laugh every time. I'm not sure who won the bet. I would like to know. on this Monday morning. Wisconsin's Morning News, the Broadway musical based on the music of Alanis Morissette, is coming to Miller High Life Theater next month. Now, the show, like her 1995 album, is called Jagged Little Pill. That's a, for if you're a Gen Xer, right, you remember where you were kind of album, right?
2: Pretty powerful album when it came out.
1: And another one where you could just press play and listen to every track, like all gold, some better than others, but... Mm -hmm. Like highly listenable, gate to gate. No, right?
2: the the musical actually plays the music from the album too, right? Yes, that's, that's key. <laughs> well, I, always
1: my first question, right? I want to know, like, am I just getting a story? Am I getting the music that I came yeah. to hear? Well, so again, I said the the show's coming here to Milwaukee next month. I had the opportunity to talk with Matt Dobler. He's the music director for the show. He is also part of this eight piece band who is on stage rocking out to all those amazing tracks. The show is called Jagged Little Pill, so am I to assume that we're getting all of the Alanis music, right?
0: You are getting all of the tracks, all all 12 tracks, and uh, you are also getting um, some bonus material from later albums that are a little less known and less uh, popular, because of course it's hard to be more popular than Jagged Little Pill. And then we have a couple of songs that Alanis wrote specifically for the show.
1: talking with Matt Dobler he is the music director for Jagged Little Pill it comes to Milwaukee in July so that was my next question though Matt is even if you know the music what is the story what's the book what story are you telling
0: uh, the script writer Diablo Cody who just did a brilliant job she looked at the song Mary Jane which is on the album and said and worked backwards you know she said what who is this person who is Mary Jane who is this you know being sung about what happened to her to, you know, that would make this song and the lyrics, you know, make sense. And so she created this story of a, of a suburban Connecticut family headed by Mary Jane, who's, you know, the typical, what you would, you know, might have called sock mom, somebody who's just does everything and is is in control of everything, um, runs, runs the ship and isn't taking care of herself as a result.
2: What's the matter, Mary Jane? But a
1: holiday, a place that don't disturb sign
4: on the door
1: blessing or a curse Matt, that audiences are coming in very well versed and already having a relationship with the music and then they're there to hear your presentation of it
0: <laughs> well it is probably a little bit of both but I, I I wouldn't you know curse anybody or you know feel like that because people do sing along sometimes it is not supposed to be a sing-along show of okay. course you know we're not right but but people can't help themselves i sit sometimes sometimes i'm watching the show in, in the back you know to take notes and my associate conductor is conducting and and i just hear people singing along to so ironic you know like once the chorus starts it's like rain. does contain some heavy issues it is it is definitely a a journey that you end up leaving feeling uplifted and and cleansed and hopeful
1: This is Matt Dobler, the music director for the show Jagged Little Pill, July 28th through the 30th at Miller High Life Theater, com for times and tickets. I love how he said, like, you kind of get this sort of exasperated feeling like, I know people can't help but sing along, but typically you don't sing along at a musical. Right? <laughs> Please keep your mouth shut. It's not a concert. It's still <laughs> a show. But like.
2: How can you not? I was gonna right? say you got you got hardcore fans going to that show, right. and I I
1: appreciated the question. Like I I thought of that question of like you know would you have people who are emotionally attached to some music like that, and they're coming to your show? That's a big responsibility yeah. mm-hmm. you have to deliver for them in the way that they want. So again, papstheatergroup for show times and tickets. The show comes to Miller High Life Theater in late July. 360 is sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. And on this Monday morning, we have Brewers Broadcaster Sophia Minner with us. Hi, Sophia. Hi, guys. How's
4: it going?
1: It's good. I want to know more about how mullet day all played out. I mean, an exciting day for, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Weimer has a great day on mullet day on top of it. did But what I didn't see, were there people at the ballpark actually getting their hair cut?
4: Yes. Yes. They, um, they had one of the team barbers, Jose Perez, um, from, uh, flashy faded. He was there, um, doing mullets out in the, um, uh, out in the outfield, like, uh, above center field. So, so yeah, it was, um, that was Saturday and Joey got his haircut when the team was on the road in Cincinnati. He has a friend who, um, is not a professional barber, but, you know, just does it on the side and, Joey showed up one day in Cincinnati with this mullet, and he was in the middle of a, a pretty good hot streak. So now it's kind of caught on. And, um, yeah, they, they were offering free mullets to fans to on Saturday.
1: Who's doing that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I was trying like, to think that. Like, I'm like,
2: imagine? Oh, do I go to the game and then get myself a mullet? <laughs> right? I
1: don't know. Like, did you see what sort of clientele were availing themselves of this service?
4: yeah I mean I would say there was a pretty long line. Um, it was we're not talking about a handful of people, so
2: Milwaukee. you know
4: it, I, I don't know if there was um an official scoreboard or mullet counter or anything like that, so I can't tell you a name or a number of how many people actually went through with it, but the the line was pretty long at the beginning.
2: what's the what are another terms for that? Kentucky waterfall did I hear that right? Something like that?
4: Yeah, Kentucky waterfall. Um. Yeah, that's that's kind of I think the primary one. I yep. mean, I think everyone knows, you know, business in the front, party in the back. That's
1: right. <laughs> that's right. The, uh, the here's another one. The chalong yeah. short in front, long in back. <laughs> so the chalong.
2: Yeah,
4: that yeah, that that could that could play too. Uh,
1: you know what, though, but you've been covering baseball a long time. You need some of this weird stuff in the clubhouse to like have one of those magic seasons. And I, you know, we're in a good spot. We're coming off a sweep. We have high expectations for the Brewers, but if it's going to be one of those seasons that we all remember as fans, there's got to be some weird stuff in the yep. clubhouse, yep. right?
4: Yeah, I think I think baseball sort of lends itself to that, right? Whether it's like superstition stuff or quirky mm-hmm. things or just trends that happen throughout the season. I mean, I think you've been you know, the way that they embrace some of the celebrations, I think that's part of it too. Like none of it makes any sense, but I think it does, you know, help you have some fun and and it makes it lighter and um, it gives you something else to talk about, you know, so, and it, it, it honestly, it kind of fits Joey, it fits him and his personality and kind of how he plays and it's just, it seems to fit him. So um, some of the guys have said that, you know, if the Brewers make the postseason, they might also consider getting a mullet. Um, we'll see if that ends up coming around. But, yeah, I think I think it just lightens everything up, you know, and it, it makes it more fun.
1: Hey, on this uh, coming series here, we got the Diamondbacks in town, and I, I like that the Diamondbacks are, are leading in the NL West. It just seems like the Brewers rise to the level of their competition, and when they get tested, that's when we're seeing the best out of our ball club.
4: Yeah, that's certainly been the case for them this year. Um, this is the second time that they'll be seeing Arizona. They saw them in April on the first road trip, um, and they're look—they're a, a very good team. Um, I think we saw that last year with like some of the rookies that they had brought up with Corbin Carroll. Um, they've got really good pitching. It's going to be a great matchup tonight with Corbin Burns and Merrill Kelly. We'll see Zach Kel- or Zach Gallen uh, in the series finale on Wednesday. So. Yeah, this is a very talented team. Um, so they've got more than 40 wins on the season. So this is going to be a good good test for them.
1: Brewers broadcaster Sophia Minute with us. Thanks, Sophia. Appreciate you. All right. Have a good day. Coming up, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is in China this morning. He did get that top meeting that he was hoping for. We'll talk about that next with ABC News. Mark Tauscher, off today. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is in China this morning continuing to meet with top diplomats. Did indeed meet with Chinese President Xi Jinping At a critical time in relations between our two countries. Chinese uh, Foreign Minister Qin Gang, according to Chinese state media, said over the weekend that U.S.-China relations are at their lowest point. Lowest point. ABC's Matt Rivers traveling with the secretary and ABC News State Department reporter Shannon Crawford based in London. She is live with us this morning. So, Shannon, that meeting in and of itself a victory, right? We weren't even sure that that was going to happen for Secretary Blinken.
3: Absolutely right. It is a victory because it wasn't confirmed until about an hour before it happened. Both sides went into it with the uh, recognition that only if those lower level but still very high level engagements between Secretary Blinken and his counterparts, if those went well, then maybe the sit down with the president would happen. And it did. The two spoke for just 30 minutes about, but both had positive readouts coming out of the meeting. So that's clearly a, a success for Blinken to take with him, and it might pave the way for further engagement at the highest level between both presidents.
2: I'm so curious what they even talk about. Do they say like, hey, don't shoot at my weather balloon and hey, don't fly so close to our country? Like, how do they even have a conversation?
3: Well, I think both sides are hoping to put the weather balloon past them at this point. You probably recall that Secretary Blinken was scheduled to go to Beijing in February. That trip was called off at the last moment after that spy balloon was spotted over the U.S. Basically, what they wanted to do was reestablish communication, Now, they still had a long list of topics to cover, and that, of course, includes Taiwan, Russia's war in Ukraine, North Korea, uh, economic interests, very fundamental for China, and also counter-narcotics. Secretary Blinken wanted to raise China's role in producing the ingredients that, in turn, make fentanyl, which, of course, have so tragically contributed to so many overdose deaths here in the United States.
1: We're talking with Shannon Crawford. She's the State Department reporter for ABC News. Shannon, the thing that, as just as an American looking in on this, what I was hoping to come, come out of these meetings is just can we lower the temperature a little bit. You know, Eric referenced the the flybys and the near misses at sea and things like that. And it just feels like, intended or otherwise, man, if you come up with something that's supposed to be just provocatory, but something goes wrong, there's an accident, now you have a... a fighter jet slamming into one of our jets or a a major incursion at sea, like, boy, just lower the temperature. Let's knock this off.
3: That's right. And that really was Secretary Blinken. He did set many uh, deliverables for this trip. He went into it with uh, kind of low expectations, as I said, because they wanted to kind of get just a dialogue started rather than any, you know, kind of concrete deliverables. Uh, And, you know, on one front that was perhaps successful, but on another, it wasn't because what he did want to do, what officials told me kind of behind the scenes was that a big priority would be reestablishing specifically military to military communications. So something we've seen is China kind of operating on two tracks. They'll talk diplomatically, but when it really comes down to it, the two militaries, they won't engage with the United States side. And some of those very close calls, those near misses we've seen in the air and sea in recent weeks between planes and boats operated by the U.S. and China, that is something that could be addressed through these channels or perhaps a new crisis communication line. But so far, there's been no progress on that front. So that is one disappointment.
2: Shannon, the, the U.S. has a different Secretary of State every couple of years. So does that play a role at all? Or does that add a challenge when they're seeing different faces, different administrations all the time?
3: It does. And I think China has become used to that in a certain front where there's more you know, a different form of government and power over there. There's uh, perhaps more stability, more predictability in some instances. And for the U.S., that can change. Now, the last time Secretary of State went over, President Trump was in office. So it was, of course, a very different climate. Now, that was back in 2018. Uh, but really, we have seen some consistency. Uh, China has been, uh, I think, a bit put off by the fact that the Biden administration has kept so many of the tariffs and economic penalties that the trump administration put on china they'd like to see some of those rolled back and it's one area where there might be some room for uh cooperation for negotiations over that but secretary blinken made clear perhaps because the administration has come under fire for perhaps being too soft on China. He said that in certain regards, when it comes to national security interests, so that's sharing semiconductors, that's providing certain technologies that could be sensitive or dual-use technologies, the United States is not going to budge.
1: Shannon Crawford, ABC News, State Department reporter, live with us from London this morning. Thank you, Shannon.
3: Thank you.